All right, I'm here with Suzanne. How do you say your last name? I was going to say... It's no. Niebergall. Ah, uh, Niebergall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Is that French? Is that... What is that? Is German. That German. It's German, yeah. Okay. All right. Can you introduce yourself to everyone listening? Sure. Hey, everybody. I'm Susan uh, from Susan Niebergall Fitness. Um, I am... Uh, a trainer coach and I train people in person. I have a group training program in person and I also do online coaching, which is the segment of my business that has started to really, really grow. Um, I'm coming to the fitness industry from an educational background. I was a high school and elementary school band director and school counselor for about 33 years. Uh -huh. uh, recently retired about two and a half years ago. Um, and during that time is when I got certified as a trainer. I've been certified for probably 11 years now. I think, honestly, I've lost count, but I think it's 11. Um, and so my, my journey into fitness started about 30 some years ago when, um, right after I got married, yeah, right after I got married, um, I put on a ton of weight actually and, um, did a lot of yo-yo dieting and that kind of thing. And, um, was at the gym a lot, did a lot of aerobics classes, all that kind of stuff. And, um, started loving that. Worked with a ton of trainers um, from the time I started up through um, now. I still have a coach now. Um, and, and learned a lot from all of them along the way and decided to get certified myself because I just loved it so much. And so then I started doing that part-time while I was still working with the schools. And when I retired, I uh, opened the business full-time and have been kind of growing ever since. Um, but I do have this history of yo-yo dieting, which a lot of people I think can relate to, um, gaining and losing the same 20, 30, 40 pounds over the course of years and years and years and years, and finally kind of dialed that back in. But what's interesting is I really didn't dial it completely back in until I was in my 50s. Um, and, and I think it's fascinating because a lot of people think when you get to my age that um, you're kind of done with all that. Mm -hmm. You can't make improvements. You can't change. You know, you just kind of maintain wherever you're at, and that's kind of what you're stuck with. And I'm just here to pass on the message that that is completely not true. And you can totally change how you move, how you feel, how you look, um, regardless of your age. So that's kind of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. So how has like nutrition changed from, I mean, it's been a, a long time, 11 years. So that like, how has nutrition changed in that period of time for you? you know, for me personally, um, uh, totally changed. And so much of it is how I think about it. Um, I used to think back then and even before then, you know, all the low and no fat stuff, that was the big thing for a while, you know, to stay away from fat. Um, the, or the no carb thing. That's a huge, that was a huge thing. You, they're evil. You know, they, they make you get fat. So gosh, you got to stay away from those. And I was all caught up into a lot of those things that were popping up, um, over that period of time. But what's changed for me is, um, my coach has helped work with me on just how my mindset and just how I view nutrition and how, um, Really, moderation is the key to all of this. You don't, I don't believe in avoiding any kind of food. I mean, obviously, unless you have a allergic 
situation or a physical situation. But aside from that, there's no reason to avoid anything. It's just being able to fit everything in to whatever your goals are. And it's always doable. It's just a matter of doing it <laughs> and, and thinking about food in a positive way as opposed to there are good foods and bad foods. And I think that's where I was getting caught up. And I think that's where so many people get caught up. And they don't feel like I, ca I can't ever eat that pizza if I want to lose fat. And that's just not true. You know, um, I think there's a pl time and place for all of it. It's just a matter of figuring it out and working it in. And I will be honest, that took me a while. And with the help of my coach, it took me a while to be able to, um, to wrap my head around that and put it into action. But once I did, the results have been amazing, actually. Mm -hmm. And what, what nutritional kind of philosophy do you, do you follow? Do you follow keto, the 80-20 rule, the 90-whatever? What, what? You know, I don't have a rule with people, with, with my clients either. I tell them this. Um, I have them, because most of the clients come to me for fat loss, most mm -hmm. of them. Um, and those that do, I tell them, look, I want, we set up a calorie deficit number. And for some people, that number is modest, meaning it's going to move slow and steady and it's not severe, restrictive, or any of those things. Some people want a little more faster pro progress, so we lower the calories slightly. But I never tell anyone to restrict anything, ever. Um, I, I set the calorie goal, and we set a protein goal, because for fat loss, protein is such a game changer. And most people that come to me aren't eating nearly enough protein, so we reorganize that. I have them track those two things because the other two, carbs and fats, will fall right into place if the first two are in check. If you're in your calorie umbrella and if you're in your protein umbrella. Carbs and fats just fall in. You don't even have to worry about those. Um, and it works. And it takes time. And I think people don't want to give it time. And I think that's the big issue. But if people like to do keto and they it works for them, great. If they want to do South Beach or whatever these other diets are and it works for them, great. But what I tell people, they all will work, all of them. It's just and they all work because they adjust your calories. That's why they work. There's nothing magic really about any of them. Um, it's just a matter of what can you sustain for life? Mm -hmm. Because that's where the mindset shift has to come in. If they're thinking temporary, meaning this is just a diet and I'm only going to do this for a certain period of time, chances are when they stop doing that, it's they probably are going to have some fluctuations going back up the scale. You want to find something that you can do for life because this is a lifelong thing. This isn't just six weeks and let's you know chop off some weight and 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 lose some muscle and do all that. You know, let's just see what we can do for life. Because I'll tell you, the one thing that my coach and I have worked on a lot is how life is so much more enjoyable now because you're in a, I'm in a, a, um, a lifestyle of nutrition and working out that um, is something I can do forever and I can enjoy whatever I kind of want. I just work it in and I think it's possible for anybody, especially people my age. I mean, I'm 57 and people... Um, think at this time of your life, you know, you're done. <laughs> you're kind of done. I used to, when I was your age, I used to think 57 was like so old. <laughs> and now that I'm here, it's like, no, I'm just getting started. Well, I, well, I don't think that at all. And you know, Good, thanks. I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I look at people, I'm like, wow, you don't look 57. You look, 
not even you know maybe late 30s i would have guessed but like it's for me that's amazing thank you <laughs> it, for me it's just like the the kind of a like you know i guess fitness or anything like that like if you want to live a certain lifestyle it is possible it doesn't matter what it is um yeah. so it's just it's just you know it amazed me that you're you're kind of at this stage and just kind of telling tr- trying to inform people because it's you know i talked to my father you know he's in his 60s almost yeah, so yeah. He, you know he's telling me i can't do that you know i'm like you know i'm trying to help him out yeah. give him this yeah. information and that you know, is huge and it's I, great that you're doing that yeah and he's he doesn't like you know he, he's healthy of course but like i he i know he can do like he can be better and you know be more be more you know kind of modest or whatever moderation yeah. uh with things mm-hmm. but i always look at that i'm like well you you know you know you can look like this or that or if you wanted to like it just you just have to put in a little bit of work kind of mm-hmm. like look at what you're doing and you know i don't yeah. know what diet he would like that's the h- hardest part i think is finding the certain lifestyle not diet but the lifestyle i agree i i think nutrition is definitely the hard part and i also think for people, especially um, in my age bracket, I think change is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as you get older, change of anything gets harder as we get older. And so, you know, if you're trying to change your nutrition at my age and you're thinking, oh my God, I've got to change this whole way of doing things, I don't think that approach works. I, I try to get people um, who are kind of resistant to that to change one thing, maybe two things. Start with that because I think once you establish those one or two things as habits, you move on to something else. So, for instance, I, I sometimes will have people focus just on protein. Like I will tell them, okay, I want you to have lean protein every meal that you eat. If you eat three meals, every single one of those three meals, you, you need to have lean protein, whatever it is, if you're, if you like meat or if you're vegan, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but lean protein, every meal, start with that. And then maybe the next step is we, we start putting veggies in every single time you eat, or then maybe we, um, focus on drinking more water every day, whatever it is. Um, I think handling nutrition that way for a lot of people is a great way to do it because it's so less overwhelming then, oh my God, I've got to shift everything. Now I've got to now, I went from eating like this Mm -hmm. and now I've got to come all the way over here and eat like this. And oh my God, I've got to prep all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, my head would explode too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. And, and like I said, I truly believe this, that as we get older, I think it's harder to change. So I always have to take that into consideration when I start working with people and see kind of where they are with things. Because if you try to change everything, overhaul everything, the way they've been working out, the way they eat, forget it. It's never going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, how, what is your approach to, you know, bad habits or something that, 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 that you kind of want to take away, even if it's just like a small piece of it? You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, soda is a big, and mm-hmm. I don't even consider that necessarily a bad habit or whatever, but I'll use that as an example. Um, so maybe one goal is for somebody, I have a client, as a matter of fact, that we're doing something very similar to this. Um, she drinks a lot of sodas every day. Um, so, so our first goal is we're going to dial that back every day. Instead of forget soda, 
Okay. So instead, I'm making these numbers up, but let's say she's drinking, I don't know, three sodas a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's dial that back to two to one, something like that a day. And let's put a short period of time on that and let's see where we are as opposed to cut it out mm-hmm. because that probably won't happen. They're going to be miserable and I'll probably be miserable too trying to help them. So take baby steps, dial it back a little mm-hmm. bit. And you know what? Sometimes I say, okay, try a diet version of that soda, something to bring down your calorie count, whatever it is for that person. Just dial it back a little bit instead of going cold turkey. Because I think if they have many successes along the way, those build and build and build, and eventually they become habits. Mm -hmm. So the habit of three sodas a day turns into one soda a day. And now we can start working with that. You know, mm-hmm. replace that with a seltzer water or something. I mean, we get there. Yeah, yeah. I think it has like a kind of a snowball effect where it just keeps going. Oh, exactly. And, go. and then Ex- you, you yeah. get to a point where yeah. eventually you're no sodas and you're drinking, I don't know, whatever else, water or just. You know. Wa- you know, seltzer water actually yeah. is a great replacement for soda because you still get that little bubbly, mm-hmm. carbonated, some flavor in it. Makes you think like you're drinking something, you know put a little thing of lemon in there you're like at a restaurant getting some cute little drink or whatever i mean it's um yeah seltzer water is great and i think that's where we work too because not only are you getting maybe the little fizzy part for your soda but you're also getting your water Mm -hmm. in so you're kind of hitting two birds with one stone there Mm -hmm. and what is like your kind of thoughts on i mean like the the reason why people i tell people not to like just eliminate sugar or anything like that is because you know, you, you have a really hard time sticking with that because it's just yeah. cold turkey. Um, mm-hmm. Your your body's going to be like craving it and it's going to be it's going to be like it's not going to be it's not going to feel good. Um, I, I agree. I don't think I think most people are not cut out for the cold turkey thing mm-hmm. on something like that. Um, I do think there are some there are two groups of people, some who want progress to move super fast and who will not be able to handle a slow-moving, gradual decline or gradual anything. And so um, it's my job to figure out for each person, are you one of these people that want to move slowly, like like what you were saying, slow changes and like what I was saying? Or are you one of those people that wants fast action, let's do it, I want to just drop it and, and let's move, I want a fresh start, clean slate, blah, 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 all that. I mean, people like, there are people on both sides of that, so... It's kind of my job to figure out what way is going to work best for each person because everyone's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll, how do you deal with that? Like the, the people that want that fast kind of thing where they just like, I want to lose 40 pounds in th- like in an insane amount of time. I mean. Yeah. Um, I tell them, well, that's just not going to happen probably yeah. because, you know, it's so funny. People that have a number and a deadline. Um, one of the first things I tell them is, you know, your body doesn't care what your deadline is. I, you know, you could tell me I want to lose 10 pounds by, you know, in two weeks or four weeks or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But your body doesn't care about that. Your body's going to lose it when it wants to lose it. Um, and I think putting deadlines on it are, to me, indicates you're not thinking lifestyle. You're thinking short term, short fix. Mm-hmm. And those never work. They, they, they never work. I mean, can you lose 10 pounds in a short period of time? Sure, you probably could. But are you going to be coming back to me shortly because those 10 pounds have come back? Most likely at some point you will because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be sustainable at that level. So I try to get dial everybody back and get to a point with everybody where they can do something that they can keep going. And and once they're done losing the fat they want to lose – 
they keep their calories at a maintenance level and they learn how to live there at that level. Um, mm. And that is what is sustainable for almost everyone. And what happens when someone hits that plateau that – the, 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 it's not the, the 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 it's kind of like a barrier where you're kind of stuck a little bit yeah um, a lot of people hit hit those and especially and they if give they, up. yeah they give up on that even yeah. if it's losing weight or trying to build muscle or certain yeah. like aspects of lifting or anything yeah. like that they hit this plateau and i think everybody hits it at some point some people sooner than others but um it's it's a really hard kind of uh, mental aspect to it it's to- mentally it's probably as hard as anything else. Mm. Um, I like to tell people to view the word plateau this way. I don't view plateau as really even existing. I I kind of view that when when things kind of stagnate or or, or kind of slow down or whatever, that's progress. That's your body kind of catching up, and people need to view that as wow, look how far I've come. Look what you know, my body is adjusting, and that's part of what's happening. I think where people go wrong is they view it as a negative and they also view it as this is so frustrating, I quit. And so many of them quit then. What they need to do is you need to keep going because your body's going to your body's going to keep going. And sometimes what I find with people is if they have lost a good bit of weight, it's time to look at your calorie counts. If you're still trying to lose some more weight, you've already dropped some fairly significant weight, you probably have to adjust your calorie numbers. So like if you were basing your calorie intake on you weigh 250 pounds at the beginning and now you weigh 230 pounds um, and you've just kind of slowed down, trickled off um, using the same calorie count that you used before, it may be time to adjust those calories a little lower because as you lose weight, you don't need as many calories. Mm -hmm. So, And some people forget about that piece. Um, so sometimes that's probably an adjustment that needs to be made. But the other, the main part of that is you need to just dig in and keep going for most people, just dig in and keep going because you'll pop out of that. Um, whatever you want to call it, plateau, the progress point, whatever (laughs) you will pop out of it. Uh huh. And, uh, is that, and those stumps or plateaus or whatever you want to call it, you know, I think everyone has them, but like, yeah. Everyone has them at different moments. Um, so yeah. I have, I've had them. I've totally had them. So I can totally relate to the frustration because you're like, oh, I've been sitting. I feel like I've been sitting here forever. I mean, it hasn't been forever, but it feels like that. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I do with people too is, and, and I do this all the time anyway, because I think it's so important is I have to be a good listener um, and I have to get my people to understand that Yes, I'm listening, and yes, I totally understand how they feel. The frustration, the, the, the anger, wh- whatever it is. Um, and that's where being a counselor has helped me a ton mm-hmm. because um, I think the, um, the most important part of our relationship is how we communicate. And so um, making sure they understand that I know what they're talking about and I can relate and um, I sympathize and I empathize um, and I validate everything that they're saying. And then we come up together, I, we come up together with a, a strategy for moving forward. And I think that's so, so important because if, if the client doesn't feel like I get it or they don't feel like I understand, um, I think they just get frustrated, anger, the wall goes up, they don't hear anything. You know I mean? It's just, um, it's not, it's not a good place. So Real important to make sure that we communicate and that I um, communicate to them that I totally get where they're at um, 
and and we try to come up with a plan that suits them. Because like I said, everyone's going to be a little bit different on that. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm curious because you know social media and everything. And I love your I love your page because it's so like informative and has a lot Thank of different you. things. So, um, like, how has that kind of changed everything? I mean, like. Oh. I mean, social media is uh, kind of crazy because you know now you can express it to hundreds of thousands or you know people. It's a, it's like it's so funny you say this because it boggles my mind every single day. I am this fifty-seven-year-old woman. Social media and I are like, <laughs> what is this? I didn't grow up with anything mm-hmm. like this, you know. Whereas my colleagues in this industry. Most of them are 20 to 30 years younger yes. than me, Yes, you know, and th- so this is what they know, mm-hmm. not me. So first of all, navigating all of this, is <laughs> interesting. Uh, um, I've had a lot of help from a lot of great people for sure. Um, but it amazes me. It is a game changer for me. Um, six months ago, I don't even know if I had a thousand people following me. You know, I have now 17,000 people following me and it's growing every day. Um, and so to me, that's amazing because I want to get this message out to as many people as possible. And as a result, I've been able to help so many people. I get messages. I love responding to people. I've gotten clients. I love working with that. I mean, it's just an amazing place. You know, we hear a lot of bad things about the internet and everything. I view it very differently. I think it's such a positive thing. Um, it's brought us together. Mm-hmm. I would never have known you, you know? I mean, so it's, um, yeah, it's a great place to be able to help people. And that's, I'm using it as much as I can to get my message out, to, especially to middle-aged women. Mm-hmm. Um, who, by the way, I wasn't convinced at the beginning of all this that they were even on Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, uh, people were saying, oh, people in your age bracket aren't going to be on Instagram. They are. So, you know, they are, you are right. They, they are. Uh, it's mostly it's mostly twenty and something year old, but it's yes. There's a big niche of you know people like that. So it's Older like people. Yeah, I don't know what to call you. <laughs> it's it's, in, I don't want to be offensive. All good. It's so, all good. So um, you know, <laughs> the fine wine, whatever you want to call. Yeah. That, um, it's just like there's this kind of it's a niche, but it's still a yeah. big, large majority, and. You know, would agree, hundred yeah. percent. And they're looking for would, pe- they 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 are looking for people they can relate to. Mm-hmm. That's the message that I've been getting, um, and I think they they feel like I've gotten so many comments like, "Oh my gosh, you're fifty seven. This is great. I just turned fifty, and I feel like blah 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 blah. You know, all these things that I went through. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hitting menopause. I'm hearing I'm hitting perimenopause, and my body's just." You know, I got this belly fat now and all these things. I'm like, yeah, I know. I had all of that, all of that. We, So I can totally relate to where they are physically too, um, which many people can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been there. So I know exactly what they're talking about. And I put up, I, I keep telling people, I changed my body in my 50s. I have a couple of before and after shots I've put up on my page and they're both in my 50s. Um, both b- both pictures, the before and afters. So my point just being that it's just never too late to be able to change and, and get feeling better and looking better and moving better. I mean, it's just never too late. <laughs> Does it blow your mind that you created kind of like this community? I mean, like it's 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 like where people can go if they, you know, they're 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 a little older and they don't like they can't relate to me 
if I was, you know, training them or something, they can't relate to me because I'm so young and I don't understand some of their some of the times they've been in and like what, what, yeah. what's gone on. So they just don't yeah. they dismiss me or you know whatever. Um, so I'm just interested in like that aspect and like did you? I mean, seventeen thousand people just think. That, that can fill up a whole stadium. I always try to yeah. tell people like that. Yeah. That's six, seven theaters. Like there's no, yeah. like it, it's kind of mind blowing sometimes when you think of it like that. A hundred percent mind blowing. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing. And I'm grateful, completely grateful to be able to reach that many people. And I want to continue growing because literally I tell people this, you know, I retired from the school system. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't need this job I don't even view it as a job, but I don't need this job to pay rent, to survive. I don't need that. You know, I retired. I have retirement, you know, so that's a real old word. (laughs) But, I mean, I have it. So I'm in such a different place than most people in the industry who are trying to survive um, and are working their ass off because of that. Um, I do this because I love it. Mm -hmm. So money's not an issue. It's just not even on my my brain to be honest with you what's on my brain is trying to get my message out to people and help people i'm constantly answering messages now i'm helping people and they're not my clients but i just love doing it um and i think people are grateful for someone um my age who will respond to them um and and then i have made a new friend you know so i feel like it's just been such a positive experience the whole thing and um i think the younger trainers out there they're fantastic my coach is in his 20s it's a he and he's in his 20s he's he changed my life he changed my life so there it's not that i don't think the younger people can relate because i think they can but i think like you said i'm just i'm kind of unique in that I've been through the physical part that all these women are talking about that yeah. are happening to them. I, and that, that is the, probably the one difference that I've kind of lived through that. And I don't think that that has to be the difference, but I think it's something that's appealing to a lot of women um, just because I have been through it. So I totally understand where they're at and the frustrations because I lived it. I mean, mm-hmm. I just looked down at my belly one day and I said, what the hell is that? You know, um, So I know that feeling. Um, but yeah, there are plenty of awesome people out there that can, that, that, that can help everybody. And that's another great thing about being out there on Instagram is the community I think in fitness is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, the, we all support each other, um, and, um, just try to collaborate when we can. I mean, it's, it's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. And where, where does all this passion, this motivation come from? Is it just you wanting to help others uh, because you've been through it? Or like what, where's the motivation come from and the passion? You know, it's interesting. I've been a, a helping person kind of my whole life. Um, as a teacher, you're a helper. You're helping people mm-hmm. every day. As a school counselor, that's all. I mean, I did school counseling for 25 years. Uh, I helped kids every single day and their families every single day. So I feel like that's inside of me. That's part of who I am. Um, I genuinely love to help people because I feel incredible when I, when someone says to me, wow, thank you so much. You helped me. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's nothing in the world better than that to Mm -hmm. me. Um, 
So that kind of fuels the passion. And, and when I was going through the whole fitness thing, starting way back in the mid eighties, I guess, or the early eighties, um, um, I just became a gym rat. So I loved working out and it's so funny to watch how working out has evolved over those 30 some years. It's crazy how it's changed, but I went through all of those, um, changes and I loved it. So that was kind of a passion. I loved going to the gym. I was the one that couldn't wait to get out of school to go so I could go work out. Um, so between the two, I think it's a marriage made in heaven. You know, I love working out. I love getting strong. I love changing my body and I love helping people. So the marriage of the two is um, like a perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And this how is do you miss any of the other stuff you know the band directing the all the other things i mean the pa- other passions or the other things that you were involved in you know you as a mu- yeah you know as a music person that's a passion too it has to be for sure mm-hmm. um and my husband's a band director and my son is a music major so we're music tape that started <laughs> getting involved with education i was all about helping kids And it got to the point where um, sometimes there was more emphasis placed on other areas, collecting data for certain things. And, you know, all I wanted to do is help a kid. I just wanted to be able to talk to kids, help kids, everything from passing classes to problems they had outside of school to serious problems. So that part I miss. Mm -hmm. Um, What I I just don't miss the red tape and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But... I have kind of an interesting bridge because my group training, in-person group training that I have as my business is at the school I used to work at. Um, for I was there for 25 years at the school. And so I'm training the staff there uh, three days a week in group, per, in group strength training. And um, so I see all my friends. <laughs> I still uh-huh. see them like two, two times a week. Um, so I'm kind of part of that environment still. I have my hands in that pot a little bit just mm-hmm. because I'm at the school three times a week like i never left <laughs> yeah yeah and it with the music and everything do you do you still you still kind of like have involved some way in that or no yeah well not not as much um you know my husband's a band director so <laughs> i go to his concerts all the time and his competitions all the time um but the even the better part than that is my son is a sophomore at james madison university which is where i went which is where um my husband went and he's a music major there. He's as, he's more talented than either one of us ever was. Um, and so we're kind of reliving the whole, we went to college process and then being a music major. And, mm-hmm. and the actual even cooler part than that is my son is in the marching band fraternity, um, Kappa Kappa Psi, which I'm a founder of at that school. I'm one of the founders of that branch at James Madison University. So he's in the fraternity that I founded. He's he had to memorize our names. I mean, it's just mind blowing all of this. So I'm around it all the time. So where I don't teach music anymore, um, I don't really play that much anymore. Just don't have time. I'm around it all the time. Mm-hmm. And d- d- I'm always wondering because if you're in something and you leave it and you're not, you don't play as much. Do you yeah. still have the the skill set and everything? Yeah, well, <laughs> funny you should mention that. Every year, uh, James Madison University has an alumni band event where alumni can sign up and go back and play with the band at halftime and stuff. And I do it every year. Um, and every year, I struggle. I have to. I, mm-hmm. I marched in marching band. I played baritone, and um, yeah, 
my husband brings home an instrument for me to start working a couple weeks in advance. And, you know, I, I don't sound great, but it does come back um, for sure a little bit. But, you know, I mean, I don't play regularly at all. So I picked that up probably about once, twice a year. Um, I'm a, I played flute primarily. And I don't really play that much anymore. Um, I would be able to pick up my flute and play much better than this picking up a baritone and playing it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it does. It, it just comes back like butter, or is it just like? Yeah, not quite that. Not that no, smooth. Not, that, <laughs> not, not quite smooth that. as butter, but like not quite. It's it's it comes back like. Um, I was afraid I wouldn't remember fingerings yes. or anything. All that's autopilot. If I picked up my flute right now, I could I could play scales. I could play stuff. That mm-hmm. stuff is ingrained. Yeah, um, because I started that in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, baritone, I just picked up and played in marching band. So that was just a little extra thing that I did, and um, that's a little harder. But fl- yeah, I mean, it's still with you. You're, it's interesting because playing an instrument requires building muscle too. Pe- people don't realize that, yeah. um, espe- especially in your mouth, because mm-hmm. every instrument you have, if you're a brass instrument, your lips are a certain way. If you're a flute player, they're a certain way. And your muscles, you got to build muscle. And that's the thing that you notice right away that does won't, won't your endurance isn't there. Um, mm-hmm. Like you see brass players, if they're playing like this and yeah. they, they put their instrument down, they go, uh-huh. They do something weird with their lips. That's because they're, they're trying to get blood flowing back into their lips because their muscles are trying to get blood. I mean, it's crazy um, how that is. But it's just like working out. You're building muscle. Um, so, yeah, the muscle is probably not there like it was. Mm-hmm. But and- if, I was just going to say if I practice regularly, I could get it back pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's interesting because what do you think about like these new – I mean, like all those new your, your son's a music major, and you say he's so much more talented. Uh, what do you think about like all the new people that are, you know? Hold on, I, that uh-huh. are I getting. Just, I just lost you for a second. Did you, okay, can you hear me? There you go. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so like your son, he's a music major. So how like he's probably a lot better than you were like back <laughs> then. So like, <laughs> yeah, I think like how, what do you think about like the evolution? Like now it's like the upper echelon of you know kids that play in band now i mean it's insane how well you are how how well they are at certain aspects yeah he's he's amazing his he's so talented um and i mean he had a good start too because he has Mm -hmm. two music major parents so when he first started playing he had a parent sit down with him and was able to help him practice and so he had a jump start ahead of everybody i think and and it was an advantage for sure um but then he just took off on his own Mm -hmm. and um he's had private lessons and stuff and i just think there might be more access to things for kids now than maybe we had when when we were going through i mean i had private lessons too but it just seems like he has more playing opportunities and different opportunities maybe than we did um and just the talent that comes out now is insane, like you said. It's crazy. Um, so competitive. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like college, getting into colleges now is so different than when I got into college. I don't know if I'd get into a college now. You know, I mean, it's so competitive to mm. get into colleges. And so society, everything's just changed. You know, it's evolved just like anything else, really. Yeah, yeah. I think it's insane because now you got music on – YouTube, you got music on uh-huh. like, like, you know, I see a lot of pianists play on there and soloists and, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of ways to express yourself. You don't have to necessarily be the best, but you got to be able to express yourself and whatever. And it's yeah. ca- it's crazy to me how many music 
how many music people there are in the world because yeah. uh, I think uh, I think a few years ago it was it was not as much and now it's just it's ramping up year after year I think more yep. and more music so um, for him what is like kind of like the goal is it him just to play he loves uh, the the aspects what what is it for him well he is a music industry major mm-hmm. which oh, is kind yeah. of a music business combo. Um, he he could have been a performance major, which he did want to do. Um, his philosophy and mine and my husband's too is, you know, a music performance degree. Um, it, you know, it, I'm not sure what it gets you per se. If you want to go audition to be in professional groups, they're going to take the player that plays the best, not the one that has a degree of this versus a degree of that. So he didn't want to go down that road. He didn't want to go down the education road and be a teacher. He kind of decided that was not going to be a thing for him. So he's in the music business um, world, which I think is going to be a great fit for him. Um, he, he takes lessons there. He's in all these kind of performing ensembles. So he's getting as much performance as um, maybe performance majors. And he's talked about maybe auditioning for some groups after college um, just to see what happens, you know. Um, so his path is, very, is different than my, I was. I was in the education path and my husband was actually in the composition, music composition and theory path. So um, his path is a little bit newer for us. But what's interesting, they have so much more exposure. And I think you were hitting on it um, with YouTube. Even that, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't there when we were going through. And the exposure to different aspects of music is has increased, you know, thousands percent, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, just from maybe a YouTube so it's really interesting because his, his experience is, is, although there are a lot of similarities, he's taking a lot of the same classes we had to do, um, it, it's starting to branch off into a very different experience for him, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of cool for us as parents, too. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of awesome. I mean, like, the industry is kind of booming and, like, the... Yeah. I mean, I, I just mentioned YouTube. I mean, like, I know a lot of people that are artists, music musicians, and... The, the way they do it and express themselves is through YouTube. There's no, like, it's just, it's a very strange place. It's just like you doing fitness through Instagram and sharing your kind of thoughts. Yeah. Well, and and the fact that I can coach people online, Mm. you know, some people, it's so funny. We transition to that because the, um, I just had somebody yesterday ask me, coach online, how do you do that? I mean, do you Skype with them while they're working out? It's like, no, no, I don't. Because that would, I mean, I might, might as well work with them in person, that, that kind of thing. I have to describe how it works. Um, and they're blown away by it. Um, and, I, I mean, I, my coach is, uh, I work with him online, so it's kind of normal for me. Um, it wasn't at first, but it is normal now. But I have to remember that if there are people in my age bracket, this is a whole new thing too, you know? Mm-hmm. How, the, how we work that. And generally, I will tweak how I online coach people depending on where they are comfort-wise with many things. So um, it can look different for each person. Um, but, yeah, that's new too. Like who thought that you could do that <laughs> ever? <laughs> yeah, and it, you can help a lot more people. I mean like the, the barrier. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I guess it's so it's so insane because now you know you know it can be from Texas or it can be from some other country and I can, yeah we can help you you know it's like it's it's really kind of crazy um, you know that you can actually do that and it, anyone like as long as you have an internet connection it's just it, it's like this one thing you need 
in a yeah. wheelchair, be able to express yourselves in so many ways. Uh, it's crazy, and it, you know, it's funny. I just I was speaking to two different women in Australia mm-hmm. who who want to talk with me about online coaching. Um, so Australia, that's around the world for me, <laughs> a yes. place I've dreamed of going one day. You know, I mean, how insane is this? I, Every day, I just have to wrap my head around it because I just, it's its hard for me to fathom that this has happened. And I mean, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of it um, and to be able to have the ability to do this. Um, it's amazing. It, it just never ceases to amaze me. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see this happening? Did you kind of had an idea that this might happen or was it like slow and I, steady? It's been slow and steady. Um, it's taken a lot of work to get exposure mm-hmm. out there. Um, and I think it kind of goes in waves. Like it's kind of snowballing right now um, with the amount of feedback I get, the inquiries I get, um, the, the number of clients I now have. That all continues to, to grow slow and steady, which is exactly the way I would want it to mm-hmm. grow. Um, and I, I'm just amazed that uh, this this has happened um yeah it's taken a lot of work for sure um to get the exposure but for me to be able to help somebody in a different country oh my god (laughs) and i've been connected to people that i uh, online that i have met in i mean we're online friends and a couple of them i've been able to meet in person and it's been like you know we see each other in person for the first time and it's kind of like We've known each other for, I mean, it just, it feels normal. (laughs) And if you think about it, wow, it's kind of not normal, but it feels normal. Uh huh. Yeah. Like it feels normal talking to him because he's spoken to them before you've gone through something, some medium, but like, it's so, I don't know. I, even though I'm, you know, in my young twenties, it's like, it's still crazy to me that like, like, Oh, we're going to meet in person. This is strange. Like this, like I, this doesn't make sense. It just doesn't register with my brain. Um, I think. See, I look at someone like you at your age and think, God, you were just like scratching on the surface of life, and look where you are. I mean, it's phenomenal to me. When I was your age, I was like an idiot. I think <laughs> I was like I didn't know what was going on. I don't know. I was probably just in my first teaching job or something, and making mistake after mistake after mistake probably um and i look back on that and i think well that's how we all learn that's how we all progress uh-huh. is you know we all have to fail um and i've started to embrace that philosophy a little late in life uh-huh. but um it's never too late really um and i think that that is I'm, I'm not afraid to screw up anymore you know i used to be deathly afraid of making a fool out of myself and i'm just not anymore because i'm gonna screw up that's inevitable and I'm going to learn from it, you know, and I'm going to be better because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's crazy because, you know, I think the only difference between kind of back back then is that you did not have as much information as we have. Like I have. Yes. I just go on Google, say whatever yes. it is, you know, the information's out there. I just have to search and kind of, I mean, there's bad information and good information, a lot of different types of information. So you just got to kind of like yeah. swim through, find the gold nuggets or whatever you're interested yeah. in and pick, 100%. pick them out. Um, I mean, like you can be, you can learn music. You don't need to have a music teacher anymore. I mean, like you no. just go online, yeah. you type in, I want to learn how to play drums or I want to learn how yeah. to play this and it will pop up and, you know, some someone will teach you. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's free. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. Like I ne- I never thought that was like a thing. And then, you know, it, it's different for me because now I look at the I'm the the younger generation. So once growing up with the tablets, the kids with the iPhones, kids with this, and I'm like, you know, that wasn't like I wasn't in that generation. But like I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like um, my 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 uh, nephew, he did not know how like. He's his whole life is touchscreen, so yeah. Know, I gave yeah. him, an, <laughs> I gave him an old Game Boy or you know some yeah. system, and yeah. he was he was trying to touch the screen. I was like, "What are you doing? You touch the buttons." And he's like, "What do you mean?" And you know, uh, yeah. and, and he didn't, yeah. just didn't understand the concept of yeah. like this is how it works, and yeah. he he was just mind blown by like how retro it was, but like. I look at that. I'm like, wow. Like, what's going to happen in ten years? The fitness industry. The all. Who knows? I mean, everything's going to change again. It's like, yeah, you know, we might be wrong or right, or you know, we might be doing yeah. something. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, look where we were ten years ago in, in the fitness industry. I mean, I, I don't know if it was ten, fifteen years ago, or whatever the number is. I don't know, but I just remember being caught up in the whole no fat thing. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was the big diet thing to avoid fat at all costs and. And, you know, I, why that was there, I don't even know. Uh, you know, I, I hope that the moderation thing with nutrition stays, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I think it works. It's something people can sustain for their life and be happy and not feel like they're deprived and it's not restricted. I mean, it's just it's a good way to live. It's a healthy way to live. And, um, yeah, I hope it sticks around I think because it works. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't think you should take that away from. Yeah, it's it, it's it works perfectly, and also it has like this aspect of like, well, now I can actually do things that I love and do you know be healthy as well. Like you can do both. There's not like people like well, I can either do one or the other. I'm like, well, yeah, you can do both. It's just you know finding that kind of balance, that point where you're like, all right, I'm good here, I'm good there. All right, that's great. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know, set goals if you want to. If you don't really want to set goals, maintain. It just depends yeah. on what your motivation, what you, what you're trying to achieve, or if you're not really trying to achieve anything. If you're just trying to lose weight and try to stay down here, um, yeah, you, know, you just got to pick your goals and pick your battles. You're gonna make mistakes, and your body, you, you know, you, everyone's body responds differently. So, um, and we've all made mistakes, and <laughs> we've yeah. all made them. So it's. It's not about perfection, which is a whole nother um, thing that I was getting wrapped up in. I didn't realize it at the time. Just like um, I, I didn't want to start anything until I had the perfect time to do it because I had to be perfect. I had to do it just right. And um, yeah, that that's a recipe for disaster. It just never works. You know, I try to tell people don't wait for that perfect time because it doesn't exist. I talked to a woman not too long ago who said, I'm just going to wait till after the holidays. I'm like, no, don't let, let's do a couple things now because there's no reason why you can't start with small things right now. Like today it does. And I think that freaks people out because they think, well, I I don't have a gym membership. I don't have this. I don't, you don't need, you you don't need all that today. Mm -hmm. You can drink water today. You could do squats and pushups in your house today. You know, I mean, it, I think they need to just change how they think about stuff. You know, you don't have to have it all laid out perfectly today. Doesn't yeah. it never happens? <laughs> yes, and it's like hard to explain to someone. Like, of course, it especially in fitness or anything involving nutrition or anything like that. There's no, there's no 
perfection. There is like we're all playing a guessing game here. I'm trying to guess what's the best thing for me, and sometimes it goes really bad. You know, my body yeah. doesn't respond well. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I, I agree. I think um, there is no perfection. And it, it's kind of, I like to tell everyone, we need to view it as progress. We're just continuously, mm. me too, continuously progressing. I mean, p- people ask me, like, um, you know, everything seems so perfect with me. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, it, nothing, I'm far from perfect on, on, with everything. But I keep going. And I think that's the difference. They see me. I, I, I keep going. I work out four times a week. I always work out four times a week. And I usually have set days for that. Um, and people say, how do you stay motivated? Because that's another big thing, <laughs> the whole motivation thing. And I'm like, Mm-mm. I, I don't. I'm not motivated all the time. <laughs> but because I've created habits, yeah. I just do it. It's yeah. part of who I am. It comes naturally. Yes. Like now I don't, yes. I don't use my alarm because I wake up at the right just, time. Like, yeah. My body just knows. But then, you know, it's holidays and, you know, I think you should, everyone should have a flexible life. Like, you know, taking yeah. a day off or whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Won't, Absolutely. Won't kill you. Um, no. But, and, and people think if I miss a workout, I used to think this, mm-hmm. if I miss a workout, I'm going to lose everything. Like I'm not going to keep that. Pro- I have to go in there and work out. No, it's okay. <laughs> you won't. It doesn't work like that. I I couldn't wrap my head around that for so many years. And it's so liberating once I did. Like mm-hmm. I could take – I didn't have to go to the gym when I was sick because I would do that. I would go to the gym when I was sick, which was stupid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, My body was telling me don't and I thought I had to or I was going to lose all of it. You know, mm-hmm. So things like that mm-hmm. makes life – so much better and so much easier to live, actually. Mm-hmm. And do you focus? I mean, this is kind of the last aspect I want to focus on is sure. recovery. Um, what, what is your kind of also philosophy for that? I mean, like, there's so many people have different ways. Some people yeah. say, I mean, ten years ago you would say, ah, oh, you don't need to do that. Everyone just just work out. You know, what, what is recovery to you now? Like, um, recovery means I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I used to be the, I have to work out six days a week and push, 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 heavy, 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 as much as I can do, tongue on the floor, blah, blah, blah. So um, I, I used to be like that. Um, what, I've, what I found with that was I was getting injured a lot. I was, my body felt beat up. And the biggest thing was I wasn't making any progress, uh, you know, at all. I couldn't see that. Um, what it means to me now is... Um, I work out on those four days and on the other three days, I will literally not work out at all. And I may go for a walk, like not today. There's, I'm looking outside. There's snow on the ground. I hear, there's no way I'll go out for a walk today. But whether, okay, I, I like to get outside, listen to podcasts and things like that and go for a walk. Sort of an active recovery day or I do nothing. And people are amazed by that actually mm-hmm. because they are of the mindset like I was that you have to work out five and six days a week to see results. And you just don't have to do that. Um, and I think for people, my age bracket, it's so important that you build in recovery. Re- I mean, re- rest days, they could be some active rest days, but for people in my age bracket, I would recommend a light Two. cardio, something, yeah. something really light on an active recovery day, or just don't do anything because your body needs it. 
especially as you get older, I think your body needs it even a little bit more. So um, if you want to keep doing this forever, which is what I want to do, um, you got you to gotta recover. You got to rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one last aspect because you sleep. Um, so what is your sleep like? I mean, what, what, what's kind of your philosophy on sleep? Sleep to me is so important and, and it's one thing, especially for women getting into this age in the perimenopause and menopause age, sleep becomes a problem. Um, that's part of the whole change and um, it was a huge problem for me and I had gone to my doctor a couple times about that and um, she gave me some stuff back then to, to, um, to help me with that and, and now I, I feel like Sleep just happens for me pretty mm. naturally. It's not perfect. Well, like nothing is going to be perfect, but it's not. Um, I'm working on trying to get to bed earlier. I'm not one of those I grind till 1 a.m. kind of people. There are a lot of those people out there. I can't do that anymore. I could have done that maybe 20 years ago, <laughs> but I can't do that anymore. So I try to wrap it up at a decent hour. But like you, I am up. I, I'm not a 4 a.m. I'm a 5 a.m. girl. Mm. So. I'm up pretty much without even thinking about it. I'm up at five. So um, I'm getting into a rhythm. And I think that's what people need to do. But sleep, I think, is a, is a big factor. I think it affects, well, it affects everything. Your, obviously, your energy level, but it, it affects how your muscles are going to grow. It affects how your body's going to digest food. I think it affects everything. Um, so, yeah, working on sleep is important. Um, and plus, you're just going to feel better, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And always, you know, some people are like, well, I can get away with six, four hours of sleep or something. I'm like, do you know, like, it's like 4% of the population can do that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think you're that lucky um, to be able to get away with that. No, and I I agree. And I think there are some people though, that, that sleep and their sleep patterns are very different, very non-traditional. Like my coach is one of those. Um, He sleeps in these little clumps. Um, Oh yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I could never do that, but it works perfectly for him mm-hmm. and it works perfectly for his schedule and he feels good and, uh, you know, more power to him. I, I think there are people like that out there. I can't do that. Yeah. I am like, I just, I'm finding my rhythm with sleep and I feel like that's ever changing a little bit for me. Um, but I'm finding a rhythm where mm-hmm. I wait, I can wake up at five. I don't feel like I jump out of bed and, you know, it takes me, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I'm groggy like everybody else, but um, yeah, I perk up right away. I, so I feel like I'm finding that rhythm and it's working really well for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I know a lot of people, I don't know, the, the sleeping thing is interesting because everyone does it differently. And yeah, someone yeah. told me you should micro sleep. I was like, what is that? Well, he sleeps. That's what it, yeah. He yeah. sleeps, he sleeps for like three, maybe four hours at night or whenever he does. And then he has micro sleep. So he sleeps like anywhere from five to 15 minutes or something like really short. And I'm like, yeah. He says, I took the best one minute nap ever, one minute nap sleep. Like, I'm like, did it, like, that recovered you? He's like, yes, that totally recovered because you're doing it in different time intervals. Yeah. And it was yeah. interesting to me, like, kind of changing the, the natural thing because, you know, um, the traditional nine to five job, you know, you wake up probably seven or six, um, you get to work at nine. Like, that was just, I think that's just what society pressured us on is this yeah. kind of aspect. So we don't look at these other sleep sleeping patterns that we could try. Uh, so totally uh, agree. I, and you know, when I was working in the school, um, I would be at school by 7am 
Um, school day would be over like at 2.30, let's say. And then I was training part-time. So I would go, I worked in a gym. So I would go to the gym on three or three days a week something like that, and train people from four o'clock to 8 p.m. and then come home. I was done. I was wiped. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't keep that up very long at all. I, I finally dialed back the training and stuff. And then I ended up retiring from the school. But what's different now and I truly believe this is a factor. I wake up feeling so good almost every single morning because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't dread the workload that I have to do on, on a given day. I try to get very organized with how I structure my day. Um, I love what I do. So I think that's huge for getting up in the morning, you know, whatever time it is. I think it's just huge. When you love what you do, um, getting up in the morning is never a chore. You know, absolutely not a chore. From I mean... There are days, you know, where we don't want to, you know, I mean, days that I'm like, oh, I am tired today, whatever. But for the most part, I love every single morning I get up. I'm like, okay, I got my to-do list. Let's go. Yes, yes. I, I think that's great. Um, well, Susan, it was wonderful talking to you. I think I think you, everyone kind of got a little something, a little different stuff. I think you got music talking there, which I was. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, you have a beautiful day, and uh, everyone can go find her page. What, what is the page called? Susan Nieber Golf Fitness. I'm on in, on Instagram and um, Facebook as well. Susan Nieber Golf Fitness on Facebook. All right, and you can go see her wonderful infographics. I I always like. Awesome. So, thank All you right. so much. Bye. Take care. You too.